So we've talked a lot about the Holy Spirit in the last several weeks, and it's been really good. And if you haven't heard all the messages or you whatever, please go back. Go back and listen to them all, because I think that they can really help you in your walk with God and your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so this week I was thinking about my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking about some of the everyday things that the Holy Spirit does for me. And um, I was thinking about how He brings me peace when I feel like everything is upside down and crazy. You ever have days where it feels like everything is going wrong? He brings me peace in those moments. He brings me joy in the middle of loss or heartache. He helps me find misplaced things. How many people have had that happen? I do it all the time when I lose that Holy Spirit. Where is it? And he tells me all the time. It's fantastic. Um, he's brought me wisdom for decisions, and I could go on and on and on. But there's more to that. There's more to that. And Jesus, my great shepherd, he knew, we can read this in the Bible, that he was returning to heaven. And I cannot wait until the day that I get to see Jesus face to face. But he knew that he was going back to heaven and he needed, we needed someone here on earth to help us. And so in John 14, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And as much as I love the things that I listed earlier, that the Holy Spirit does, as I grow in my walk with Christ, which is a journey, right, that we're all on and we're all going to mess up. <laughs> we're all on this journey towards perfection at some point when we get to heaven. But as I, the more I follow Christ, the more I want to be like him. And the more these kind of helpful things like the Holy Spirit finding things for me, it's fantastic. It's not enough. It's not enough. I want to be as much like Christ on this earth as I possibly can. And the amazing thing is, did you know that there are things that the Holy Spirit can do to help us with that? <laughs> he does, and it is the fruits of the Spirit. So that's what we're going to talk about today, is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go to our main verse today, is Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I did not like memorizing this verse when I was younger. It would get me so confused. But it's so good. And so I want to start today by looking at each one of those and looking into what they mean biblically from the original language, not from kind of what we may hear from our common vernacular in the English language or American, I guess, right? So, what do you think of when I say the word love? Maybe this, right? <laughs> I do want to have a little fun today. So, um, but this love is agape love, pure love, 
loving without expectations of getting anything in return. This goes so deep and so wide. Um, but the best, best version of this that we see in the Bible is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The sacrificial, great, perfect love. So that is the kind of love that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in you. All right, well, what about joy? Love that this picture is so huge. It just makes me happy thinking about it. But joy is a feeling of happiness that is not dependent on circumstances. And specifically in Scripture, in reference to our salvation. So that kind of equates to, you know what? This day really is awful or this month, or this year, or maybe this decade has been really awful. But no matter what, we say this to our kids all the time, what's the worst thing that could happen to you? And their response is, I die and I go to heaven. Because they know that heaven is an amazing place. But this is the idea of this joy of, oh, it doesn't matter. God's got me. Through all eternity, he has me. And, but then it is also on a daily basis can be that sense of well-being and happiness that we can have no matter what's going on. That is joy. All right. Well, what about peace? This is my ultimate idea of peace right here. Anywhere near the ocean. <laughs> so that is kind of one way we can think of peace. But peace is prosperity success, welfare, state of health, deliverance, and salvation. So it can mean any one of those things. So now, we live in a world where because of sin, all of those things are not necessarily going to be possible for every person. Right? Now when we get to heaven, yes! You get the great prize of all of those. I get the great prize of all of those. But, layers of these things can be given to us by the Holy Spirit. And then, beyond that, when we are missing one of these or they are lacking in our lives, He can give us other things to help support that lack. But in its ultimate, that is what it is. But even more so, you ready for this? This is good. A time or state of peace as an interlude of an everlasting state of war. So I want you to think about that for a minute. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. We are in a war. We are in a spiritual war. And we look around and we see sin and the devastating effects that it has on people in our lives, on our communities, on our country, other places in the world. It is because of sin and darkness. And yet, biblically, this idea of peace is when you are looking around and you are disappointed, you are overwhelmed by the darkness that you see, that God can bring a sense of peace to you. A reminder that He is ultimately in control. And so not only is peace kind of a sense of well-being and a life of well-being, but it is this respite that we can find in the middle of the war. Isn't that amazing? All right, well, what about about patience? (laughs) How many times have you felt like that? Is that like that child, right? Time is so, whatever, it's so slow. 
But Patience's remaining cheerful when others are making you annoyed or angry, especially when they are doing it on purpose. It's good, right? How many times have you had people that have annoyed you or made you angry and you know they're doing it on purpose? Right? Yeah. But Patience is remaining cheerful in that state when you're having that assault on you. (laughs) But let's go one deeper. Patience is a state of remaining tranquil while awaiting an outcome. You read that one again. Patience is a state of remaining tranquil while awaiting an outcome. This was another one that really made me pause when I was studying it. What is one of the things as humans we like the least? Feeling out of control, right? That we can't control a situation, that we can't control a person, that we can't continue, whatever. Patience, God's patience is being okay when you're not in control. And being patient for what God would see is the outcome of that. That's a whole nother level of patience. <laughs> I can't wait to get there. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> All right, well, what about kindness? Maybe you think of something like this, giving something some, to someone and sharing something with someone. And you guys do a lot of this, and, and you would be right in that. It is usefulness or helpfulness providing something that is beneficial to someone. So some of you, this is, comes natural. Other people may need to work on it a little bit, right? But kindness is a good one. Very practical. Well, what about goodness? So maybe goodness is you have a checklist to do. I didn't swear today. I picked up my socks off of the floor. I put my dishes in the dishwasher. I noticed and said hello to the person I was walking down the street by, right? Goodness, you might think that. I'm, I'm a good person. Right? But goodness is actually generosity. Why they don't just say that, I don't know. But <laughs> goodness is generosity. So we talk about that a lot in this church, right? Giving more of your time, energy, and money for the people around you. So that's generosity, and that is one of the fruits of the Spirit. What about faithfulness? We often talk about faithfulness in terms of marriage. Are you faithful to your spouse, or they're such a faithful couple to each other? Faithfulness means being someone that someone else can place complete confidence in. You are trustworthy, and you are dependable. So our faithfulness to God would be, are we obeying? When he asks us to do something, do we do it? Are we spending time in communion with him, like what I talked about last week, praying? But we can also have that faithfulness to each other. Do you show up to work on time? When you say something, are you going to do it? And if you can't, just say, sorry, I can't. But don't just leave someone hanging, right? So faithfulness, dependability, trustworthiness. All right, well, what about gentleness? How many parents are like, oh, yeah, be gentle. (laughs) Don't pull the cat's ears. Don't pull the dog's ears. So, um, gentleness is courteous, considerate, wholesome, and humble. 
So I think that's actually a lot to unpack. I think we could almost spend a whole service just on those terms, right? Being courteous and considerate, wholesome. What comes out of your mouth? What are your actions when you're around someone? It's, it's pretty deep. Okay, so last one. What about self-control? Probably what a lot of us think of with self-control. Um, the self-control is close. Restraint of your emotions, impulses, or desires. But specifically, the ability to control your temper. I thought that was really interesting too. Right? That controlling our temper is something that God cares about. Right? Anger. Jesus felt anger. We see that. So it's not, do you get angry? Being angry is not a sin. But how does it come out of you? What do you do with it? So restraining our emotions, our impulses, our desires, and controlling our temper. Well, as I kept reading this passage over and over again, (laughs) we go from earlier in Galatians, this list of things that we shouldn't do and things that hinder our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then he goes into the fruits of the Spirit. And then he says, talking about the fruits of the Spirit, against this, uh, there is no law against these things. Do you think that's funny? I thought it was so funny, right? He's like, oh, by the way, nothing's going to stop you here. Go for it. (laughs) Trying to get these things working because there is nothing bad about doing these things. So to continue, I want to talk about how do we get these fruits of the Holy Spirit? Well, we need to go back to Galatians and get our verses. But the Holy Spirit produces. I think a lot of times we rush over this part because we get to the list and we're going to do that checklist. I need that one, I need that one, and today I really needed that one. But it's not from our own power. It's not from us that these happen. It's from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces. So how does this work? So it starts back at our moment of salvation. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. And then John 15, 5. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So we cannot have room for this Holy Spirit if we do not have that moment of salvation where we accept Jesus into our hearts and declare that he's king over our lives, right? But then it goes on from there. So if you had lived back when this verse was written, you would, all of us, have been much more aware of what it took to grow plants, to grow fruit trees, to grow crops that other people would eat. And so this would have made a little more sense just right off the bat to a lot of people. But we can think about this production of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, in our lives, like this tree. So you can see the heart represents what I just read in those verses, that our roots are going down into Jesus. That needs to be our foundation, the starting point of this. And then as we mature and grow and learn more about God and what we should be doing and not doing and letting the grace and the peace and the joy of God just make us different, then we start to grow fruit. So how do 
we allow the Holy Spirit to produce this fruit? How do we have a part to play in this? Yes. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about pruning. <laughs> this is the not-so-fun part of this, maybe. But I will tell you, the more that you go through this process of pruning in your life, the more you actually want it. The more you may actually want it. And so pruning is thoughtful, careful cutting of tree branches for health and future health and fruitfulness of a tree. So it's this idea of someone who has maybe an orchard and looking at each tree individually, continually throughout the year and checking on it. How's it doing? Is there disease? Are there insects? What needs to happen? What do I need to do to this tree to make it the most healthy, productive tree that I possibly can? So this is what the Holy Spirit is doing for you. He wants to examine each of us continually. What needs to happen in us to make us the most productive, to help us reach that ultimate thing that God created you for. So this is the process of spiritual pruning. So we're going to talk about what happens. You guys ready for some audience participation? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the different steps of pruning, and I want you to try to correlate it to what the Holy Spirit might be doing when it comes to spiritual pruning, all right? So the first thing is he develops the desired tree shape. How might that come out spiritually? Anybody? Hmm? Yes, living a God-centered life. What about our character? Who are we? How are we shaped as a person? Right? Okay, well, what about... Maintaining the tree at its desired shape. Let's start with the shape first of all. Oh, size is first, sorry. Size is next. What did you? I mean, size or shape? Sorry, do, do size. Humility? I was wondering about increasing the capacity to be a part of effective. Good. Increasing your capacity to be more effective. Love that, Daniel. Anyone else? What about not overstepping what God has asked us to do? I'm not listening. Your business. No. <laughs> but right, sometimes we can, in seeing things that other people are doing or, or wanting things that maybe aren't good for us, we can step outside the boundaries that God has put in our lives. And so that could be the size. Well, what about allowing sunlight? So they'll come in and prune branches to allow sunlight and spray material, whether it's fertilizer or insecticide, if they use that, to enter the center of the tree so it gets on everything. What might we equate that to? Why would the Holy Spirit want to do that? Yes, take stuff out of your life so that he can work in you. That's good. What else? Letting God work on the deep stuff in your heart. Yeah, letting God work in the deep stuff of your heart.
heart, right? Because getting to the trunk. Yeah, the center of who we are, that's good. They do this so that every part of us flourishes, right? Because if, if we only did half a tree, half the tree may flourish, the other half may not. So you have to do the whole tree. So that was good. Well, what about... And it's not working. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> All right, what about improving tree strength and encouraging new shoots? Strength and new shoots, anybody?
Those are natural human emotions. Don't get me wrong, I have all of those, right? It's okay. But there's a difference between feeling them, processing them with God and moving through them, and taking them with us everywhere we go. Put on your backpack, let's go, stuff. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit does, does the pruning because he doesn't want you to carry those things with you all the time. What he wants, like I said, is when those things come up, that there's a moment where you recognize, that is not what the Holy Spirit has for me. Holy Spirit, help me with this emotion. What should I do with it? And he'll help you with that. So why does the Holy Spirit prune us? Because he loves us. He loves you. He loves you so much. And he wants you to live up to your full potential. Right. With access to all of those things that we talked about, what they meant. He wants you, again, to become that person that God created you to be from the beginning that will make you thrive, that thing that will make you feel it good in your own skin. So there's a quote from W.L. Garrick that says, this fruit, fruit of the Spirit, is the manifest evidence one may expect from a life in which the Spirit of God is living and reigning. How great is that? If you follow the principles of the word, if you spend time in the presence of God, those fruits of the Spirit are things that you can expect. You can look forward to them happening. You can look forward to how they encourage you and bless you and encourage and bless other people. It's something that you can count on. They will happen. And that takes time sometimes. 
The other thing is, let the Holy Spirit choose what fruit he wants to develop in you right now. And Ben and I both talk about this a lot, right? Don't give yourself a checklist of 15 things that you need to do. Let the Holy Spirit show you one. So the same as this fruit, because sometimes what we can do is we can look at someone and go, oh man, they are good at that. They are so good at that, and I want to be good at that. That's great motives, that's okay. But I'll tell you what, if you choose and then you decide to try to work on it in yourself, it is not going to work. You may be able to fake it for a little bit and then you're gonna get really tired of it. <laughs> because what does Galatians say? The Holy Spirit produces in us. And I promise you that he will take you through each one. And then he may start back over again and take you through it again so that you're even better at it. Mm -hmm. But he knows, based on the circumstances that you are heading into that you have no idea of, but he does. He knows what of these fruits are going to be valuable for you. And if you have stuff from your past that is heavy and you can't let go of it, he knows which of these is going to help you let them go what is going to provide the space for the healing. So the Holy Spirit is your advocate, right? The person, who, the, the God who is close to you, who sees all, who knows all, who hears you every day. He knows what you need. And so he will point it out for you. And again, just to reiterate, don't do this in your own strength. Let the Holy Spirit do it. If this was something that we were supposed to do in our own strength, the scripture would be worded differently, right? right. <laughs> but it's not. The Holy Spirit produces in us. So let's go ahead and pray. Holy Spirit, I am thankful that I don't have to produce this in myself because I know, I know I will fail. And I thank you that you see each of us where we are right now. And God, I pray for anyone that during the service that there was something on the screen or the scripture or something that made them wish that something in their life was different. Or maybe they lost hope about keeping their temper or being able to hear from you or whatever it is, God, where in the, all of these things that Ben and I have been talking about, about the power of your spirit, God, if there is anything that has caused hopelessness, where there's a thought of, I've, I've tried this before, and I just ask that you would make a new thing, that you would make a new way, that the frustration, the sadness, the disappointment would be swept away, and that Holy Spirit, you would come in by your grace, you would come in by your power, and that you would help us move from where we are right now and take another step. And God, out of that, I ask that there would be freedom, freedom in your presence, freedom in your spirit, freedom in the ability to hear your voice like never before, and God, I pray for those who saw one of these fruits of the Spirit and it made them think of a sin that they are trapped in. God, how great is your forgiveness.
this. For you so loved the world that you gave your one and only Son. Your forgiveness is active. And so I ask that you would help us turn over sin to you, that you would help us with temptation, that you would help us with thoughts that are not good for us. God, that we would look past the moment of what something feels like or what something looks like and we would look to you and see the eternity, that we would see what you would have for us, not just in eternity, but on this earth now. What beautiful blessings do you have in store for us here on this earth? Let us not look to the things that are so close, but let us have a forward-looking vision of what removing sin and barriers from our life can produce in us. The fruits of the Holy Spirit, a life that is blessed, a life that is covered by grace and peace and joy. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are so active in each of our lives. And God, for those who maybe feel like they haven't heard your voice ever, or maybe it's been a while, God, just make a way where there hasn't been a way. Help us to remove hindrances in our lives. Help us to know that how you've been speaking to us that we have been hearing, because sometimes people just don't recognize your voice yet. Teach us to know your voice. God, I pray that as we go from here today, Lord, if this week, if we bump up into circumstances and this message comes back to mind, God, I pray that it would be a moment of, Holy Spirit, you producing fruit. That it would not be a struggle, but it would be a surrender. Surrender to your grace, Holy Spirit. May we be filled with you as we leave here today. May we be filled with your presence as we walk down our street. May we be filled with your presence in our homes, in our places of work. Holy Spirit, go with us. Let your peace and your grace affect everyone that we're around. Mm -hmm. Amen.